Hi there, this is Paula Jones and this is Autistic Women Working, the weekly podcast for newly diagnosed autistic women who want to learn to thrive in a world that's not designed for you and me. Hi there, welcome. This is actually Autistic Paula Jones and welcome to the very first episode of Autistic Women Working. And this episode is So You're Diagnosed and What Next? When I was diagnosed autistic, I was 46 and I'm 52 now. And I sat in the clinic office after a number of different sessions with psychologists and specialists and it's the only situation I've ever been in as an adult where I've had to go and get a medical diagnosis and have my mum present to give evidence, you know, evidence of my behaviour and so on and where I've had to get proof of how I've acted as a teenager and so on. So I've had to get letters from my brothers, letters from teachers. I've been quite lucky that I've had some teachers that have been great over the years with me and that I've kept a relationship. So big up to you, Mr Murphy. And it was such an odd experience that after all of that, the final meeting that I had, which was kind of harrowing really, I had to try and make up a story using wooden blocks and things and just sat there and and I couldn't do it you know I'm 46 years old and I can't do it I can't do this and I was asked to go outside for a few minutes and then call back in and I was told okay we can confirm that you are on the spectrum and you have autistic spectrum disorder I don't like the word disorder but that's the, the term that they used and after all this time of waiting, I burst into tears and I don't actually know what it was that made me cry, but it was some kind of release, I guess, that I've got this diagnosis and okay, so so what led up to this? Okay, well, years and years and years of not fitting in, of being considered weird, of always being the black sheep, of always thinking differently, of always being told, you're strange, you are. There's something There's something not right about you. Of finding it hard to hold down a job. My shortest job was 26 minutes long. That's got to be some kind of record, surely. And the reason it was 26 minutes long, it was in a really shouty, loud sales office. And I couldn't bear it. And it was shouting and swearing. And now I'm not not the sort of person who doesn't swear, let me tell you. But it was screeching in shrill voices and all of this stuff. And it was relentless. And I couldn't bear it, the, just the pitch and the, the noise level. So I asked where the toilet was and I got shown the way and I just kept walking and I went home. And I just thought, I can't work in this. So that's just one example of of what my working life was like. Until I was lucky enough to find a job where 
got to indulge all my interests and the things that I love to do, which is I like computers, I love music. I was a, a musician from a very early age. I played a guitar from when I was three and I had one of those prodigious talents and I like things that go beep and I got to be an IT trainer and I did that for quite some time for about five years for the same company and I was indulged in my behaviour for a large part of it and I think it was because I was funny and I would just say the first thing that came into my head and it was just a case of okay what's what's Paula going to do now what's Paula going to come out with this time and also I had a captive audience of people that I would be training and honestly if you're autistic a room full of people that have to listen to you for six hours a day is pure bliss for something that you're really interested in and you've got a room full of 12 people how awesome is that so something that really lights your fire and you can talk about for days and days and days and especially if you can make it interesting and engaging for them and make them laugh and come out of it feeling really good and they feel really good and they've learned something it's just such a great feeling so that ticked all my little autistic boxes that I didn't put me in a one-to-one situation though or a party absolutely no chance Uh, when I was a little girl I used to be sick when I went to parties and I never had any parties of my own I didn't have friends over I might occasionally go to friends parties if I had to but I didn't have really any close friends until I was in my teens and even then it was just with somebody who's as daft as I was and that's how I got through through life as a teenager I kept to a very small group of friends all of us were different all of us were kind of outcasts I guess and although I got on with people I was kind of a floating voter you know so life as a a teenager it was it was hard it was different and it was just thinking back on it I experienced my teenage years and my college years very differently to the way my contemporaries experienced school, being a teenager and university. We all went to the same university, but their reminiscences of the time are so different to mine. You know, they went to all these crazy mad parties, took loads of drugs and stuff, and I went and did my work and came home and I had a fantastic time. You know, I went to the student union bars and all of that and had a really lovely time of it. Um, But it just seemed totally, totally different. And I think what brought things to a head for me was that I have terrible executive function. So seeing things through, getting stuff done, seeing things through to completion, my time management and so on. At one point, that didn't seem to really matter to me when I was much younger. So I used to always be late for school. I used to refuse school a lot of the time. Bear in mind, I'm an undiagnosed child at that point. But as I got older, I began to realise that actually, no, this is important. Other people rely on me to be on time, to be able to do things, to see projects through. And at work, 
This is massively important. If you've got a team and you've got targets, for example, that have been set for you and you're not pulling your weight in those targets, then this is a huge problem. I realised that I was having problems with my executive functioning and the time that I realised this was I'd been made redundant and I was working as a freelance trainer by this point and the company that I had worked for previously took me on to do a lot of freelance work but that company went out of business and it's been a case of, well, I don't really need to do an awful lot of marketing and all that because they give me an awful lot of work. But then the work dried out and I didn't really have a clue what I was doing. So suddenly Paula has to get out there and network and market herself. And this Paula doesn't have a clue. And this Paula doesn't really know how to be a businesswoman, doesn't know how to network, doesn't know how to get on in the business world or the professional world, doesn't know how to see things through, doesn't know how to get things done, has loads of great ideas, but just doesn't know how to see them through, doesn't know how to execute them, doesn't know how to troubleshoot them, is really awkward with other people. And just as a whole, it's a really, really painful experience. And I was beginning to think, what's wrong with me? You know, I'm so tired all the time. I can't speak to people. I'm in a situation where I've got no peers around me anymore that I can form a common bond with. Because at work, that is something that you can do relatively easily when you've got you know, a, a common interest or you're all doing the same kind of thing, particularly in a, an environment like training. And it all just kind of fell to pieces. And I was researching online, why, why can't I see things through to the end? And a description of autism came up. Autism and executive functioning. And I was in my, my early 40s at this point, and I kind of dismissed it to start with, but the, the seed had been planted, and I kept looking, and I kept looking. And then I came across this checklist, checklist for women with Asperger's syndrome. I think it was by Samantha Craft, and every single aspect of it just fit me. It was right down to the way I dress, the way I I look, my hair colour, because I'm always changing hair colour. You will see me with blonde hair, with purple hair, with pink hair, um, long hair, short hair. I've got facial piercings. Um, I've got tattoos. Uh, I dress like a student. I mean, I'm not somebody that you would ever consider an elegant woman. You know, I wear Dr. Martin's Batman t-shirts and I'm now a therapist as well. And my appearance always surprises people when they come to me for, for therapy. And I'm just not what people expect. I've never been what people expect. It just fitted me to a T. So I thought, okay, maybe I should do something about this. Maybe I should find out if this is me. 
And so I went to my local health authority and tried to get a diagnosis. And I was told that I wouldn't qualify for a diagnosis with my local authority at that time. So it kind of stalled at that point. And then I, I moved. I moved to a different county. And things weren't improving for me in any way. You know, I was still stuck. Um, so I tried again. And within six weeks, I got an invitation to go for a diagnosis. And now here we are. I'm diagnosed. I'm on the autism spectrum. I'm not diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome because apparently that's not diagnosed anymore. But actually, that's not something I identify with anyway. I identify as being autistic. It was like having... Do you know those cans of balloons where you you open up the can and all the balloons fly out? And then you can't stuff the balloons back in? It was like all my coping mechanisms just suddenly all flew out of this can and I couldn't stuff them back in. I don't know what my previous coping mechanisms were but suddenly it seemed as if I became more autistic and it's purely because I've stopped masking I've stopped pretending because the masking was so very very exhausting when you stop masking and you start being yourself you become more of the person that you were supposed to be and it's wonderful. If you can lean into your diagnosis, a late diagnosis is maybe a little bit confusing and hard to accept at first, especially if you, like me, you're in your 40s, might feel like half your life is over and you suddenly got to start again. And that's certainly how I felt at the start of it. Having reached a point now where I'm, you know, I'm at the toddler stage now, Maybe a bit past the toddler stage. I'm what I'm, I'm six now. I'm six, in my sixth year of diagnosis, so I can I can tie my shoelaces now. But I've lent into my diagnosis, and I'm learning to to love autism and love what it means for me. And yes, I still have difficulties with communication. I still have difficulties with meeting new people. I still have difficulties with emotional control but I know where it comes from and I've learned strategies to not cover it up anymore but to deal with my life in my way that doesn't involve any dodgy sort of corrective therapy because let me tell you I hate behavioral alteration therapy and it's about being me for the first time in my life and I just appreciate this so much because if you can do this, if you can settle into being you, you will thrive at work, at home, in your business, in life and you will be a happier, happier person for it. All of the things that you've found difficult so far in your, your working life all those meetings that you've attended and you're thinking, why are we still talking about this? We covered this last week and we got it resolved. You now know why you're thinking that. If your most used phrase is now, oh, so that's why. You understand why it's that. Because all this time, you've been 
moulded into thinking a certain way when that's not your truth. That's not your way of thinking. It's neurotypical world's way of thinking. And the neurotypical world is not made for us. As you can probably tell, because I'm just talking here without a script off the top of my head and I've barely stopped speaking for nearly what quarter of an hour here. So the next one will be scripted because I'm going to have a particular subject in mind but I just wanted to introduce you to the podcast and what this is going to be about and some of the things we're going to talk about. So some of the things we're going to cover is going to be executive functioning, so how to get your shit together and get things done, Social communication, so how to get your head around meeting new people, being with people, working out which people have your best interests at heart and who doesn't, because autistic people tend to be manipulated quite easily, so see who's on your side and who isn't. Um, That kind of takes us on to things like bullying in the workplace, having good networks in the workplace, maybe taking advantage of things like... um, specialist groups in the workplace as well, Um, staff networks, that kind of thing, running one, setting one up, being part of one, strategies for meetings, how to handle them, how to get through them, any adjustments you might need, so if you're at work or adjustments that you need to make for yourself and for your business and for your home, and that idea of thinking that you've tricked everyone so well that you can't really be autistic. That's quite common with myself and with my clients, autistic imposter syndrome. You know, we've we've duped everybody. So we've duped everyone so well we can't possibly be autistic. And that age old favourite, well you don't look autistic. Really? Is that a compliment? So that's some of the things that we're going to be looking at. And also Should you disclose the benefits, the drawbacks? Personally, I'm all for disclosure. Um, I'm out and proud and have been for six years. Proud to be autistic. I'm happy about being autistic. I'm happy to be me. I'm happy to have been allowed to be be me for the first time in my life. But I do remember my mum, bless her heart, telling me, I don't think I'd tell anyone if I were you. However, she's learned differently now, so she's on my side. And I'm on yours, so tune in next week and we're going to be talking about executive functioning in the first real episode of this podcast and looking at strategies for getting stuff done, for absolutely just holding things together, getting through your day. And being successful, because absolutely, we can be successful as autistic women working. And that's it for now. So I'll see you next week. If you want to get in touch with me, you can do at the podcast page, details of which are in the show notes, or you can email me, and the details for that are in the show notes too. I'll see you next week. Bye.